Wondering what's next in your business or personal life? Welcome to Success to Significance, Life After Breaking Through Glass Ceilings, a podcast dedicated to helping you with all of life's challenges, discoveries, and opportunities. Whether you're seeking a new career, retirement, or simply wanting to make an impact in your community or the world. Join Jen Duplessis and her guests as they explore how to start, what to do when you're in the thick of a change or growth, and how to leave a mark in this world after breaking through your next achievement. You are moments away from the aha you've been seeking. Hello, and welcome back to this episode of Success to Significance. I'm your host, Lady Jen Duplessis, and many of you have probably not been hearing that lately because it just happened in June that I was knighted and became a dame under the Royal House of Cappadocia and the Royal Order of Constantine the Great and St. Helen. So that's something new for you if you haven't listened for a while. Um, but I won't have to say that every time coming forward here, but I am so happy to have you here today. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to uh, listen into this podcast. And today with me, my guest is Jamie Foster. Welcome, Jamie. Hi, Lady Jen. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you. And you know what? One of the things that I automatically love about Jamie is that she's from Colorado and I'm from Colorado, born, raised, you know, there's four generations of us there. So anytime I meet someone from Colorado, I automatically like them, but I like her for some other reasons. And I want to have this opportunity to uh, share with you a little bit about her experience and why she is on success to significance today. Um, she is the founder of Impact to Income and is your reco recovering awkward salesperson. Uh, and, I, and I love that, you know, teaching people in business how to sell in a mindful way. And we are going to talk a lot about that today, because uh, if you're listening and you're a business owner, you're in sales. If you're listening and you're, you're a salesperson, obviously you're in sales. But I think that um, maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a speaker. We're all in sales all the time because we're selling ourselves, right? You incorporated. And um, I'll tell you that I've gotten to the point where I'm just so tired of people pitching me everywhere I go. It's supposed to be a meeting. And this is one of the reasons why you and I are in the Dames, which is a networking group of women who don't pitch to one another. We pitch only for the sake of getting the knowledge out there of how to pitch to someone else for, for and on behalf of each of the Dames, right? And, um, but I love what you're talking about here. She loves working with creative thinkers and um, who need a system and structure to make the sales feel, make sales feel seamless. Um, and uh, she has, she incorporates her close with confidence method with her clients for fulfilling and lasting results. And I can't wait to hear about that. She's also the host of Look What She Built podcast. I love that. I built that, right? Look What She Built um, a great podcast um, supporting and helping women in business because so many women never hit that seven figure mark. And it's so important that we do that. So with that said, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you, Lady Jen. I am excited to be here and to talk with you because I know you've been traveling a lot. There's a lot going on in your life. Well, you everyone else who's probably listening to <laughs> right. movers and shakers here. That's right. And you just got married because we, I was on your podcast and went and we were, we were just having our networking and you said, I'm off to my wedding. And I'm like, okay. So we both went to similar places <laughs> and I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, okay. So let's talk about your awkwardness. You know, you're recovering awkward 
you know, salesperson, let's talk about that awkwardness because those who are listening are saying, well, maybe I feel awkward. What does that really mean? And that also, you know, helps with some empathy, right? Because you've been in their shoes before. Yeah. Um, I have owned multiple businesses and several of my businesses completely failed because I avoided sales like the plague. Cause I thought anyone who, um, was good at sales. That meant that they were a bad person be, due to my past experiences of really aggressive salespeople. And so when I started to do sales for one of my companies, which was a consulting business, I was so terribly, painfully awkward. And what does that look like? So one time I was selling to uh, a tech company and I was there to meet the president and I was sitting out in my car this is, I had my proposals, multiple proposals printed out, ready to go in my binder. And I was sitting in my car and I knew in just a moment, I would be in this big conference room with this big table with the CEO selling him a consulting, you know, um, program. And so I remember sitting in my car and I could not breathe. I had a full on panic attack. Has anyone's ever had that? My hands got clammy. My heart rate was like, my, my heart was going to beat out of my chest um, I had the worst breath ever. I was like eating mint so much. My stomach was upset. <laughs> my mouth was dry. I remember walking in and I was, I called myself down to walk in. I met the receptionist. I sat in the conference room waiting for him to arrive. He arrived super friendly, wonderful, charismatic man. And I remember getting <laughs> out my, not making eye contact. I was so nervous and handing him my proposal. And it was like wet. Like I had touched it waiting for him. I was holding on to it, my dear life. And I had basically a wet, you know, piece yeah. of a couple of pieces of paper. You know, the first thing everyone does, they flip to the back. How much is it going to be? Right. And immediately I go into adrenaline overload. I, I can't even speak. And I'm like trying to speak. And I remember he's like, do you want a glass of water? And I'm like, no, fine. Just <laughs> do any questions? Like it was so painfully awkward. Um, and that took some time to, I did get the deal, which was shocking. I think he just felt hey. sorry for me. He did get yeah. me a glass of water regardless. <laughs> um, but I think too, I'm like, why do people have to go through this? Why do, and it's not just women, it's anyone, it doesn't right. matter, goes through these phases, um, and so much pain and suffering and torture when really sales, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, it's about serving someone else. Mm -hmm. And how can you share, especially if you're a coach or yeah. speaker you know, uh, entrepreneur, how do you share your superpower and genius to someone to help make the world a better place? Um, and so um, there was, a, there's a lot of stories tied in with that, but basically um, if you're an awkward person right now in sales, it's not your fault <laughs> and there's a way out of it. <laughs> right. And I, you know, I hear this a lot, you know, cause I work with salespeople and I'm, I'm a salesperson myself. We all are right. But I, but I hear this all the time is I don't want to sell, sound pitchy. I don't want to sound salesy. Those are the, you know, then don't sound salesy, then don't sound pitchy, but it's easier said than done. Right. I always say it's a service call, not a sales call, you know, and, and if we can remember that it's a, you're serving someone and not selling them, you know, that's a better approach to this. So, so tell us a little bit about, you know, some of the steps that we, I don't really want to get into steps people could take. But, but what are some of the don'ts <laughs> so that you don't sound salesy? So you don't sound pitchy. 
you know, what are some of the things that, that we need to do? Maybe it's um, slowing down our speech. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, in order to slow down your speech, I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make before they go into a sales call is they don't ground themselves. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. if you don't ground yourself, then how can you be present for another person? And a lot of sales is active listening. And that doesn't mean you're listening just to wait to decide what you're going to say next. It's actually being present and holding space and having empathy and compassion. And one of the worst things I've seen people do, because I've listened to a lot of recorded calls, I've been in the room with people doing sales calls and working with them, is a prospect will say, yeah, I'm really struggling with X, Y, and Z. And it's just been so horrible. And they're like, okay, great, check. Anyway, so blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they go right past past. And this person is like, yeah. And they're sharing like something very hard for them that they went through. So spending that time to be empathetic and compassionate. I think another big mistake that people do is they don't remember their purpose. They don't remember why or bring to the forefront why they're even in that room because you are to serve, like you said. You're not there just to pitch. Because if you're just looking for a quota you're trying to hit, that's usually for sales teams that I work with. But if you're trying to hit your sales goal for the number of the quarter, I've had one person, she, excuse me, was trying to close a deal. And she's like, listen, I want to hit 300,000 this quarter and uh, I have to close this. She was so aggressive with that person to close with so many emails that's being sales too many emails not asking permission when you can follow up and the person then reached out to me and said please tell this person never reach out to me again she was so aggressive i i never want to work with her again yeah Yeah. and that's yeah for sure that's a big issue um there's another issue i think that's here that i'd like for you to address is um, solving problems, right? Finding out from your client what their needs are before you present a solution. Because if you don't want to sound salesy, then, you know, um, I always say, look, I have the pill, but I need to know what your ailment is because this pill may not work. Right. And what we do is we want to take, yes. the pill, take the pill, take the pill, you take the pill, everybody take the pill. And that I think is the biggest turnoff for me. That's the biggest turnoff I have. And I, I see this in LinkedIn all the time. You know, as soon as I connect with someone, they have their automated thing. Oh, we've been looking at your website. No, you haven't. You just connected with me. We've been looking at your website. We see that you could get, yeah, jump in the gun. you need more sales or you need more this. And it's like, you don't know what my problems are. You cannot solve it. That's malpractice. We've all heard that in sales, right? A, a, a prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. That's malpractice. So talk talk about that, and how and because now we're getting sort of close to the close the conf, with confidence, right? Because it's consultative selling; it's a reverse engineering. Well, and the question is: is why are salespeople why are people doing that? Like, why are they jumping the gun? Why are they why are they offering the solution? And a couple of things that come to mind is if people forget their purpose, that they're here to serve others and they're, they're desperate. And let me tell you this, Jen, Jen, you know, as well as I do, you can smell desperation oh, a yes. mile yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I and had one that way. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell us the story. I had a, a client, this was years ago. Um, and she, uh, 
I was showing her like, here, let's talk about what a first call looks like. What should be included? You're asking questions. They're talking 80%. You're talking 20%. And she said, whoa, no, I don't, I'm not doing that. And I said, okay, what do you do now? She goes, well, they called, they need my help. So I just tell them what I do in the first call. And I said, how often is that converting to a second call to do a proposal for them? Well, I haven't closed a deal in nine months and that's why I'm talking to you, blah, blah, blah. But, and I was like, exactly. Look at them. Talk about yourself in the first call, but so many salespeople do. They jump the gun and they start offering solutions when they haven't even asked a question to understand how they can really truly serve that person. So, um, yes, I agree with you hundred percent. That is a big problem. Don't do that. (laughs) That's a don't. Yeah, that's a definitely don't thing. Yeah, yeah. So how does so how does someone? Oh, I'm gonna stop saying so in the beginning. Uh, how does someone uh, learn what their purpose is from your perspective, so that they can be more effective in their sales opportunities? I think a great that I have a whole workshop on that, but. In essence, when we're talking about our purpose and what we do and why we're here on this earth, which is a big, it's um, it's a really important part of figuring out your whole sales process and also your whole business, your branding, everything. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important to understand what are you really, really good at? What do you like to do? Mm-hmm. And then what are people going to pay you for, right? And bring those three things together And what does that look like? How are you making a difference in the world? And a great exercise, a question to ask yourself is look at your customers before they work with you and then afterward. And how have you made a difference for them? Mm. How have you truly made a difference? Have you created more free time for them? Have you um, driven their revenue, doubled their revenue? Like what have you done for them that is, was the end result Um, And then that's something you can share stories with. And at the end of the day, you can share those stories in your sales process too, because really it's, it's about what is the difference? What is the result you're getting for them? How are you changing their life? Because if not, why, why are you doing what you're doing? Because if you're just selling a widget, like if I'm just selling this chapstick, yes, in Colorado, everyone has chapstick next to their laptop and in their car and in their purse, all year, cabinet, because all year, right? All year. Yes. But if I don't care about this chapstick and I don't know that it basically it can change people's lives, I'm just selling a thing of chapstick. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to pitch too early. I'm going to be a pest. I'm going to email you. I'm going to hit my number because I don't really care what this does. So I think it's really important to understand how you can serve because if you can serve based on your purpose, that changes everything. And on those hard days, it gets you through those hard days because there will be hard days. Oh yeah. And it makes, and, and when you can, when you can, uh, close a sale and we'll just call it what it is right now. But when you can close a sale on a really hard day, you know that you're making that impact and it will change your state of mind. And you'll have four or five other sales right behind it on a bad day. And um, if your purpose is, is clear and if you are serving, right? So what you just mentioned a few minutes ago is a hedgehog theory, right? Do what you love to do, do what you know, you're really, really good at and do what makes sense uh, financially, right? That people will pay you to do. And um I think this is becoming more and more popular. Um, I've used hedgehog for years. I actually call it the trifecta of triumph instead of the hedgehog theory, right? I renamed it. But I learned recently um, about Ikigai, right? And 
you know, what I love about Ikigai is that it's an old Japanese, but inside of it, it has the hedgehog theory and then it has other pieces around it. You know, other things like making an impact in the world, uh, making an impact in your family, who's important to you. You know, I love it. It has like these, it's kind of like blowing a bubble and you get a bubble on top of a bubble and it's, it's, you know, growing even more and more to find out what you're, what that is. So the reason why I'm bringing this up is, um, I'm going to tell a story and you can use my story at another time, but I'd love to hear a story from you similar to this. Um, so, you know, knowing the hedgehog theory for years and years, I used to be a mortgage loan underwriter and um, I hated talking to paper. I love talking to people, right? But that's, that's why I left it. It wasn't my purpose. Um, I was really good at it. I mean, really, really good at it. I made a ton of money at it, you know, and I like doing it. And so when I transferred and, and transformed over into origination, where I was originating mortgage loans for years and years, I always wanted to underwrite the loan. I always wanted to do the tax returns because I'm really good at it. I love to do it. And people would plop piles of tax returns down on me before we had computers. You know, and I, oh, yay, I'm going to go in here and dig in. Yay, yay, fun. But what I realized is the third element was that if I was talking to tax returns, right? And because that's what I say, talk to people instead of, you know, paper. If I was talking to the tax returns, it would take me 20 minutes to determine tax returns. In that same 20 minutes, I could be on several phone calls making a lot more money because now I was no longer an underwriter making the money. I was an originator. So I need to be originating. They need to be selling and not over here talking to paper. Here's my question. For someone who, you know, was a technician and, you know, you said widget, right? Was a widget, a great widget maker, decided to have a widget making company and they're still playing the technician, right? And their business isn't growing. Mm -hmm. It could be because they haven't increased the awareness of this thing that they thought they loved to do, but there's something else they love to do more. So how, how do we increase mm -hmm. the awareness what is your recommendation for that? Is like increasing that awareness of, yeah, it all, all that worked there, but it doesn't work here. How do we increase that awareness yeah. and then discover it? That's a great question. And I think a lot of people, especially if they're very um, um, talented, they're gifted, they can do a lot of things, right? They're good at a lot of things. That's the and problem. Sometimes when we're good at doing a lot of things, we just keep doing all the things mm -hmm. and we don't we even forget what we really, really love to do. Yeah. And so a lot of people get lost in what truly is my genius zone. And that's what I like to call it is what is, where's your genius zone. And that's what you're really good at. And that's your superpower. Everything else, we're going to bring the DEA in. We're going to delegate it. We're going to eliminate it. Or we're going to automate it. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> what I like to do is bring assessments to the table and increase their self-awareness. Yeah. Because once we understand who we are, and where we really shine. I use a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with DISC. Uh-huh. And I saw you're certified. I am too. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. I love DISC. And so, you know, what's amazing is I, the amount of people I've taken through DISC and then they like, oh, I am a DI style, but I've been doing my bookkeeping or I've been doing some tasks oh. where I'm like, why are you oh. doing style type of stuff? <laughs> right. 
you know, and I'm like, let's, what would happen? How many hours a month are you working? How many uh, per hour per week are you doing this per month, per year? You tally it up, you show them how many hours lost that they could be selling or creatively doing or visionary in the business. And they're like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, what if I brought this person in for you and you paid them X, you know, what would that make sense? And they're like, oh my gosh, actually I'd really, I'm good at it, but I don't need to be doing it. And this is what I could be doing. And you show them that benefit. Um, and it's about a realization and it's working with people who are open to doing things differently. Um, and we don't need to crash and burn before we get there. I'm very clear oh, about that. That is so key. We right? don't need to go to total burnout. Yeah. And it's funny. Let me, let me give you an example you of that. Sooner. I found this really cool meme, but I, I, I don't have it right now, but it's funny with our cell phones, right? We just refuse to let our cell phones go to zero. You know, when we're at 21%, we're like, I need help. I need help. Who has a plug? Who ha- I, I'm, My battery's running out. My battery's running out. But in business, we allow ourselves to go all the way to zero. And then we call. We're like, I need help now. So I love that you're saying that because we need to recognize this way before we're at zero. No, and and I'll I'll piggyback a story on that is the reason why I don't let people go to zero or I won't work with you if I have an inkling that you're in burnout is because um, when I took the distribution business, I used to sell CBD to pet stores, about 2,500 around the US. I was the first distributor. Um, I wanted to help the world, dogs, everyone from cancer, seizures. It was my purpose. It drove me every day. I worked seven days a week. Um, I worked so much in that business. I remember one day I had so many orders. It was the last day of the month. I wanted to hit my number. And I remember I was reading, everyone went home for the night. It was late. It was like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, I can still pack these so we can get them out in the morning. And I remember looking at an order and I'm like, that's 36. No, it's 63. No, it's 36. I couldn't physically read on the shipping what was going on. And I just like, Basically, I remember leaning against one of the, in the warehouse, one against one of the, what's the word I'm looking for anyway. And I slid down it and I just burst into tears. I'm like, I can't do this. I was just working crazy hours. I hit zero, zero. And I remember, and everything was, you know, fine. I had people come in the next day, early in the morning and help me. But the thing was, is that I then went to the doctor and found out I had stage two uh, adrenal fatigue. Stage three is you're in bed, you're done, you're toast. But I basically blown my adrenals. And I've been there to that dark place of burnout and you don't need to get there. Um, It was like 18 months trying to get out of that. And I, when I see women or men eat just on that edge, I'm like, whoa, let's just stop everything. And let's reevaluate what's important to us. And your health needs to be number one right now. Then we can work on these other pieces, but right now go spend six months, work on your health and then come back to me. Cause we're not ready to work on some of these other things yeah. quite yet. And a lot of times they don't come back because they don't get the help that they need, you know, and this, this is a glass. No, some do, but some. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah, exactly. I apologize. Um, yeah. When their cup is so empty and sometimes I've had someone come back after a year and they're a different person and they have a completely different need because they were in survival freak out mode. I have to do this. I have to do that. And I'm like, I think you need to go drink some water and have a sandwich right now. 
<laughs> and go to the doctor and then come back. Right. But absolutely, yeah. they don't they don't need to get there. You know, and I think this is important because I know you do health and wellness coaching as well. And, you know, this is, this is an important part of it. One of the mottos I say is mindset plus mechanics equals momentum. You can't just have the mechanics and run the mechanics into the ground. You have to have the mindset, right? Making sure you're drinking water, making sure you're eating right, getting up from your desk. All of those pieces have a play in burnout and then also has a play in the way that you show up as a salesperson. And so this is why you're scrambling like a cat on a marble floor in oil, right? Trying to get a sale is because you might want to look at, hey, it might be my sales skills, but it also might be what's happening to me personally and how that's affecting my ability. So how much of a role does that play in what you see with people um, in making sure it's it's probably not a balance. It's probably not 50-50. It's probably, you know, 80%. My health has to be really good and then I don't have to work so hard to do my sales, but what do you see with people in that as we're exploring this, you know, breaking through the glass ceiling? If you're trying to break through in your sales, we don't want to just have you come onto the show and say, oh, well, then she's going to tell me how I can sell more. There's a lot to it. There is a lot to it. And usually they're not ideal clients for me to work with because I want them to work on their health first because they will come up. We'll do all the mechanics and they still will be in burnout. Um, and then they can't accomplish what needs to get done. And when they show up to the sales calls, they're desperate. They're overly nervous. They're jittery. They feel frantic. The prospect um, feels that. And let me tell you this, if prospects have an inkling of any unknowns or weirdness, they're going to pick up on that and be like, what's wrong here? Why isn't this person confident? Why aren't they grounded? What's happening? I'm out. And yeah. so they're just going to constantly fail. So until you take care of the inner game, I call it, there's inner game, outer game, outer games, mechanics, inner game, your, who you are yeah. um, and your mental wellness and all of that, those pieces, I have people that I refer them to, to get them situated before they can go through my program. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit about, I want them to, mo- here's the deal, lady Jen, I don't want someone to spend money on me when I don't think I can get a result for them. If I don't think I can get a result for you, I'm not going to bring you on as a client because I personally invest myself in your results. And I want to see the results for you because I personally was like, oh my gosh, I'm almost like a non-equity, not a partner, but like a, um, another potential owner. Like I want the best for this business and for you. And I don't think it's the right time. I'm going to tell you that. Yeah, because then you'd want it more than them. And all you're going to be doing is struggling, right? And that is definitely not a way to to do it. So, okay, so let's talk about sales a little bit. Um, We've talked about what not to do. You know, um, you talked about, um, we we talked a little bit about burnout because I do think this is part of it too. And especially because you brought up the hedgehog theory and delegate, eliminate and do something else. What was the A? Can't remember, assess? Automate. Automate. And so now let's say, uh, okay, we got our health in place. Mm-hmm. We've delegated. We're like, okay, we're ready to go. We're finally, I can now be in a position where I can bring me to, you know, to the sales. I can be present. Um, I, I'm not scrambling. Give us some techniques, some high level techniques on ensuring the close of the sale. Maybe you have a, a closing script. Maybe you have a takeaway script. 
<laughs> um, something that that you say, okay, now you're in position. Maybe you have a way to start a meeting. Maybe you have a transitional phrase of, okay, we've assessed. Now let's go here. Give us one of your tips. I know you've got multitudes. We don't want all of them. We just want one tip to sell the sizzle and not the steak. Another sales technique. <laughs> <laughs> sell the sizzle, not the steak. One, first and foremost, I have a whole section of my program called Close Without Closing. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to that point in the sales, there's no asking for the business. They're just saying, where can I sign and how much is the initial deposit or the dollar amount or whatever the case is? Um, it should be it should be seamless. It's like having a conversation. And so I think first, and I mean, there's so I'm running through all the tips in my head right now. Yeah. Um, and I think probably one of the most important pieces, I I think scripts um, can get way too mechanical. Um, I like I like bullets. Bullets are very very helpful, so we know where we want to go yeah. and we have an agenda. So and you let the person know what the agenda is. Here's here's what I would say. This is a really simple tip: is your first initial call is that you're asking questions, and then at the end you're sharing a little bit about yourself. Because um, if you start pitching, then um, it makes no sense. And I know we talked about a little bit about that earlier. Yeah. But um, sorry, I'm just trying to, like, I'm going through like dozens of things in my head right now related yeah. <laughs> to this. Uh, another piece is um, show up as yourself. In order to show up as yourself is um, take really good care of yourself have a plan. What is the next step? Never get off a call until you have planned the next step for the next part of the sales process. That's a really big one. Yeah. So before you leave your initial call, you're either booking the next call, which is the proposal presentation, or I don't, you know, depending on what your process is, or if they're like, Hey, I'm not sure I don't have a date yet. Then set a time when you're going to follow up with them and ask permission. Can I call you at nine o'clock tomorrow? Oh, nine doesn't work. What about 10? Oh, 10 is great. Always be asking permission. So you're not a pest. So always yeah. ask permission. I think that's a really big piece. And yeah, a lot I of people that's... forget that because a lot of people don't want to be a pest. So just, yeah, they don't want to be salesy, right? They, they just don't want to be salesy or pitchy. And so yeah, I think that that's a really critical piece. And I know I learned that, you know, years ago, if someone said, hey, I need to think about it. I need to talk to my spouse, you know, instead of being the pitch fest of, well, what do they need to talk about? Are they around? Can you get them on the phone? Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, that's crazy. It's okay. That sounds wonderful. When, when would you like to follow through? When can we get back on the phone together? I think that's really, really powerful. And, and yes, as a salesperson, we do feel like that follow up is happening rather than follow through. Follow up is gimme, gimme. Follow through is, hey, I'm following through from our conversation that we agreed to have this secondary conversation, right? It's much easier to confirm than it is to, you know, pick up the phone and say, hey, I was just wondering if you had time to think about it and, you know, see if you want to work with me. Because that's how it sounds pitchy. That's what people do versus that permission. And I love that. I love yeah, that. It sounds pitchy. It sounds. It's awful. Yeah. It sounds desperate too. Or like, yeah. Hey, just checking in. How Ugh. about send them something that's relevant and that's a value to them. Just checking in, just wondering. I mean, I had a gentleman, he, 
he agreed every month for me to reach out to him for a month. It took six months to finally, <laughs> for us to do business together. But every month I would send him something of value to him that he really just enjoyed. And in the end, he's like, listen, I didn't tell you this, but my wife was having a baby and we had so much going on. And I really appreciated once a month, you were sending me an article or a video that was short and I'm ready now. And so let's pull the trigger. And it was just an amazing relationship because we had built so much trust for those six months. Be patient, like be yeah. patient. People, timing is really important. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think, you know, when people walk into a sales situation and especially your example of your person who said, well, they called me, so they want to buy. They may not be in the buying window. They may be before the buying window. They may be at the beginning of the buying window. And we have to be patient, allow them to go through that buying window. We don't want to miss the buying window, right? But we need to be patient for that. I think that's really powerful. I'm really thankful that you said something about scripts. I, I just ask, you know, I use catchphrases um, instead of scripts. And I get the question all the time. Do you have a script for that? No, I have a catchphrase, which is like a bullet, right? And it was funny because I had one of my team members say to me, you sell, you sell these really cool catchphrases. And I said, I do? And she said, yeah, you're, you're just brilliant. And I said, well, start writing them down so we can take note of what they are, right? <laughs> um, and because I, I mean, it's just natural to do whatever I was doing. You know, um, one of them is, you know, before we hang up, before we hang up, let me ask you one more question. Before we hang up, right? That's just, I started saying that uh, with your permission. You know, with your permission, I would love to give you a call tomorrow. With your permission, I'd like to send you something. Those are great. Yeah. And I started developing and now I have, it's a whole course of mine, right? Uh, on, on speaking because it it's not speaking, but selling because um, nobody can remember a script. Scripting is just nasty, you know? And I, I don't know why people do it. Okay. So Jamie, what do you want to leave everybody with today? All these things we've talked about. We talked about delegating. We talked about growing, doing what you love to do, purpose. We talked about grounding yourself, listening to everyone, right? Um, and not doing some things that that make you pitchy. It's a service call, not a sales call. What would you like everyone to, to take away right now? I think it's important to remember your meaningful purpose and why you're doing this and that you're here to serve. And that changes the whole game instead of you trying to hit a number or whatever the case is, what are you here to do? How are you going to make a difference in the world? That's why you're in that call and no other reason. I love that. You know what I think I took away the most was when you said, what are your clients like before they come to you? And what are they like after they've worked with you? What impact or result have you given them? And remind yourself when you're making that call that she's talking about, that's what I'm trying to accomplish here. I'm trying to make an impact in someone's life. I'm trying to create a result for them that will change their life. That's why I'm on the call. And if I'm the person to do it, fantastic. And if I'm not, that's okay. Yes, absolutely. And that's okay. Because I've done where, I don't know if you've done this too, um, Lady Jen, is I... I still told someone, Hey, uh, I'm not the right fit for you. Here's someone that's a good fit for you. Uh -huh. And then they ended up sending me someone else that was a good fit for me. And it was beautiful. It said abundance mindset, like, Hey, this is not a good fit today. There'll be something else coming in that replaces that, that, um, really makes it feels good too. We want sales 
to feel good. And it can feel wonderful because you are making a difference. I love it. I love it. Do you have a mantra, a quote that you live by? I have switched that so many times over my life. And I was just transitioning from one for a while. There were some very difficult times in my life and it was this two shall pass. That's a more personal one. Um, but that's got me through some very difficult times, but, um, right now I'm in transition. So I'm going to leave that one. The one is, um, Oh, what the one that I was just doing, um, I feel my freedom. I feel my abundance. The universe has my back. Oh, great. I love that. I used that one for a very long time. That's really good to have right before a sales call, <laughs> right? I feel my freedom. Yeah, you bet. My the universe abundance. has my back. The universe has my back. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. And we have links to all of your social media, all of those wonderful places, you know, your, your, um, uh, not email address, your website as well. So if people want to go snoop you out, um, I think that's wonderful. Is there anything that's coming up? Um, and I, I'm very careful about this too, because, we, you know, uh, I've been doing podcasting for 11 years. So we want to be careful about coming up. But is there anything coming up that you want to share? Is there um, a, an event you're having? Are you speaking someplace? If someone wanted to get more information um, about you other than your website. Uh, for more information, um, I would just go to the website. And LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. We're most active there. I have a newsletter called the recovering, um, the awkward recovering salesperson. So that's a really great fun. We release it once a month, uh, mid month. And so, um, we've gotten a lot of great feedback from it. Awesome. That's great. And they can pick that up there. That's, that's wonderful. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you again, Jamie. I look forward to seeing you on some of the calls. I, you know, both of us have not been on anything. I'm sure all this month, I haven't been on any of the calls, but I look forward to seeing you again. Uh, sometime soon. And um, thank you so much for being a guest on our show. We appreciate it. Thank you so much, Lady Jen. I had so much fun today and thank you everyone for listening. Um, thank you so much. Absolutely. So yes, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to listen in and hopefully, and I always want this to happen, you know, exact terminology, right? Absolute terminology in sales. Um, our goal is for you to have been able to walk away with one action item, one idea, one tip, one something that you can put into play into your business to make an impact and make you go from that success to significance in your life, whatever glass ceiling you're looking for. Last thing is don't forget to click on the links below and reach out to Jamie and don't forget to go to YouTube if you're watching. I know a lot of people listen, but if you are watching, um, it's the blonde show today and we're going <laughs> to, but you can go to YouTube and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. So you can watch all of the podcasts, including my other podcast as well. It's up there too. So we thank you again for, for listening in and we will catch you next time on success to significance life after breaking through glass ceilings. You've been listening to success to significance with Jen Duplessis, the number one podcast for people wanting to give more value and make an impact loved this episode, be sure to subscribe right now at www.jenduplessis.com S2S for more stories, strategies, and thoughts to help you gain significance and success. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. 
Join us next week for another breakthrough episode. Thank you for listening.